We want to welcome you to the Anatomy of Life groups, and this is a session on Anatomy of Life groups, Elevating Discipleship Dynamics. So welcome. We are excited. My name is Pastor Sydney. We'll do introductions shortly. And this is my life groups. Well, she's project uh, data coordinator here at the Bi at Bible Base, um, but she's my also personal assistant for life groups as well. And so we are going to be presenting to you how we do discipleship here at the base. But before we go any forward, let's pray together and ask that the God give us insight so that our hearts may be prepared and our minds may be prepared to receive this and seeds may be sown so that we can um, see growth the Lord add to us in our personal ministry context. So Lord, we come to you today and we thank you. This is a miracle moment. We have not seen it before. We have not imagined it before. And by your mercy and by your grace, you've been faithful to bring us here. From the north, from the south, from the east, and from the west, your covering has followed us. And God, we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together, to go deeper, to ask questions, to discern, and to work together as we dream ways to win souls for you in this world. Oh God, we take it not for granted that this is an opportunity that you have gifted us. We believe that you predestined this moment, that you wanted us to be here right now, and that you wanted us to get certain insights, and you wanted us to get certain feedback so that we can be make the change that you'd have us to make in your ministry, oh God, that you have appointed us to steward, oh God. So right now we sit before you together as your children with hands open, open to receive, but also open to give, oh God. And we just ask that you may give us insight, that you may give us a spirit of discernment, but most importantly, that you order our steps so that what we hear may not go out the window, but that it may be applied in a way that will bring you all the glory and honor in our context and we, your servants, will take none of the credit. So, God, we thank you. We thank you for this moment. And we ask, Lord, that you be here. For your word said where two or three are gathered, that you are here. So we thank you for meeting with us and stretching us. And all those who love the Lord and do agree with this prayer, do say amen. 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 Welcome, welcome again. Um, let's jump in to some introductions. So I know I kind of jumped in already, but... Um, this is us. <laughs> so I am Pastor uh, Sydney. I'm the pastor of discipleship and life groups here at the base. I am almost a year here. I'm the infant on the staff, sort of. I'm the youngest person, but I'm also the newest hire. Um, and so I've been here. It'll be a year next month. Um, and so I've been doing ministry for about eight years now. Um, I not only do discipleship, but I preach, I teach. Um, I have the gift of administration. I have served churches um, in the eastern region of, of the United States. States and I've even served churches overseas in Ireland and so I come to you from experience of doing discipleship cross-culturally doing the experience of discipleship um, different ages and ranges as well so um, and a fun fact I guess I'll throw a fun fact in there about me I was electrocuted one time but I lived to tell about it so, <laughs> so I took a trip to um, a little ranch it was a black owned ranch and I saw you know a field of cows and I thought I could get within five feet um, of the in my little self, I walked up and I was right on the ground. But by God's grace, I live to tell about it. And I always tell people, you wonder why I have such a vibrant personality? Because I'm, I'm literally living the aftershock of that. So, so that's a little bit um, about me. And I'm going to turn it over to Air, uh, Sister Erica Bradley to introduce herself. 
Yes, good. Was it afternoon? Yes. Good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> uh, so you all may have seen me running around the campus. Um, thank you all so much for, for joining us. So um, my name is Erica Bradley. Um, of course, I'm the project coordinator slash data manager slash life groups administrator. Um, so I've been um, on the staff for um, over two years, uh, but I've been a member here for about almost 11 years. Yeah, so so a good little um, while I've been um, part of Bible-based uh, fellowship church. And then interesting fact. Yeah. Um, well, one interesting fact is um, when I was in fourth grade, I don't remember what year it was, um, but <laughs> um, I got the opportunity to participate in a movie that was filmed here called Cop and a Half. And so I was like in the little background scene, like the camera kind of zoomed by really fast. So, you know, I, you know I, I can't really call myself a movie star just yet. <laughs> But yeah, so that that was a, a fun experience. It rolled out the red carpet for us for the movie premiere. We had like a little tiny um, uh, theater in my hometown, so it was it was a great experience. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. So that's a little bit about us. But we want to know about you. We've seen hi, brother Artie. We've seen um, quite a quite a few of you around. I know we we were expecting actually. I won't say we weren't. We were expecting this to be a highly populated group. It's a lot of us in here, and we don't have that much time. We could do fun facts, but. Um, for the sake of brevity, but also intentionality, I want us each to go around and share your name and where you're coming to us from. Um, and I guess one, one fun fact, to be brief. So your name, where you're coming to us from for the conference, and one brief fun fact. All right, so let's start. I'm going to do it opposite way. Let's go this way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting him to start. My name is Kim. Uh, I'm coming from Maryland. Okay. Uh, uh, kind of the DMV area. Uh, I work in DC. Uh, fun fact. You know, I really couldn't think of one. That's why I thought I needed a little time. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know if it's fun or not, but I am a parent of twin girls. Oh, so wow. I have had some fun, but it's all right. Fine times. So I think that's uh, kind of. Oh, I'm. Uh, all my my kids are out the house. So. I know that's, that's fun. fun. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? All right, and we'll pass it on to Brother James. Okay. okay. My name is James Sullivan, uh -huh. and uh, I'm from Port Pierce, Florida. Okay. Fun fact. Well, my daughter is a member at this church, uh -huh. and we're looking forward to a trip to Cancun oh. after this. Two years. Wow. Um, 
going back and forth between New Jersey and Puerto Rico. Um, and we moved back the Sunday um, before the Maria hit. And we were on one of the last flights off. Blessed to be here. God knew what I was supposed to do. As you said, be right here at this moment. So thank you blessed to be here. My name is Vanda Jacobs, and I'm a native, and my husband and I are pastors here in Tampa, and we're friends of the whites. And matter of fact, his aunt is a member of our church. He's a senior oh, citizen. Wonderful. Yes. So anyway, my fun fact is I took a mission trip to Jamaica and I started asking everybody for their age, if they didn't want their age. Nobody knew that I was pregnant until we got back to the States. <laughs> I was raving. And now my son, he loves age. <laughs> <laughs> but I am um, so slash minister. Vivian Young, Direction Ministry, and my fun fact is, oh, I'm from Polk County, that's also, but my fun fact is that I am retired from the Yeah. Yes. 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 My name is Elder Jack, I'm from the Direction Ministry, my fun fact is that I lived in Italy for four years. Oh, yes. nice. Yes. Which, which part of Italy? Uh, Verona? Verona? Verona, yeah. I went to Italy in September. We should talk. Yeah. All right, Miss Lori, I think you're next. Oh, I'm Lori Jones, a member of Bible Based Fellowship Church for 26 years. Fun fact is. Fun fact, fun fact. Oh, this is my last grandbaby. All right. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> My name is Beatrice Morris. I'm a member of Mount Zion Missionary Baptist Church, um, St. Petersburg. Uh, my fun fact is that I am a great grandmother. Wonderful. Hello, I'm Jackie Cardozo. I'm also a member of Mount Zion um, in St. Pete. Fun fact for me uh, I was born in Cape Verde Islands, which is off the west coast of Africa. Nobody's ever heard of that before. But they did, I was in the movie, it was aired in Wakanda's second. Hi, I'm Jackie Bellamy. Um, I'm Zion Progressive Missionary Baptist Church, St. Petersburg. And I got two months. Well, you only said one, right? <laughs> <laughs> one. But I got to say, I'm retired from the government. So, yes. But the fun is my grandson is graduating from high school. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Lucy Oliver Williams, and I'm a member of Mount Zion Progressive Missionary Baptist Mount Church. Mount Zion is in the yeah. house. Yeah. <laughs> and my son got I've been retired for 12 years. Wonderful. And I am just doing Lucy. Okay. <laughs> TV show, doesn't it? Just do it a little bit. Good afternoon. My name is Gladys Andrews. I too uh, attend and belong to a wonderful Mount Zion Progressive. And 
I'm retired um, from the north, so when you say it's cold, <laughs> yes. <laughs> My son Darius was the, is the former yes. worship pastor yeah. at Bible Base. Absolutely. And also, I love Vegas, but I don't gamble. <laughs> and fun fact to that fun fact, Darius was the pastor of yes, Life Groups right. before I came. So I am, I, they called me the new Darius. When I <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Iris. I'm from Tampa, Florida. I'm from New Season Ministries. This is my pastor. This Wonderful. Is my <laughs> Church in Melbourne. Um, one of my responsibilities is life group, so I'm here to steal all her ideas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, as close to fun as we'll get for the purpose of, uh, of this discussion is I'm um, the new worship pastor, Pastor Trent's cousin. All right. Oh, nice. I, like I like Vegas and I might like gambling all <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is a safe and brave space. <laughs> about what 
what uh, kind of how life groups have have happened a little bit of history of what we had going on and what we currently have going on so our life groups here have been going on for five to six years about so we're we're pretty seasoned in the game we're not not totally new and it's kind of been baked into our culture here at the at um the base so when you say life groups most people nine out of ten know what you're referring to um we kind of keep it in in front front of persons year round even though i'll get to our, our rhythm a little bit later so as of now um, we have made the most groups that we've had ever at the base so we are currently prepping for our new term we operate on like a college system which which you'll see after it's 12 week terms with eight week breaks um, in that eight week breaks typically in the summer I as pastor discipleship will put on a summer study and then we do kind of like adult Bible uh, vacation Bible school which is called week in the word where we gather together uh, Monday through Friday whether it's topical or a specific book of the Bible we go deep um, and grow together so that's that's kind of how that that goes but we have 14 topical and demographic groups for 2024 now typically what we would do we would launch groups in the fall and then we would refigure what groups we want to offer in the spring well this year i'll get to some more specs about us we had exponential growth that we had not seen yet at the base and so I came up with the idea talking with uh, Sister Erica and I said, what would it look like for us to build continuity for someone to be a part of something, not just in the spring, but to have the same group to look forward to in the fall? Mm -hmm. um, we do have some demographic groups that naturally carry over, but we're going to try this out to offer the 14 in the spring and the fall for this year um, of our life groups we are blessed and innovative we've had virtual options we have hybrid options and we also have in-person uh, meetings here on our facility um, of our facility of course we have this administration building uh, we have the cathedral but adjacent to the cathedral is also a part of our property we're just not using it this week because it houses our a school um, that rents out to us but that's where um, another meeting space of our life groups uh, meet as well in our life groups we have a lot of local mission opportunities so they can work with our impact csc office which is um, an organization that is is partnered with our church um, to do communal work uh, whether that's tutoring children or whether that's uh, helping out with food pantries and, and looking out ways for resources to provide affordable housing um, but we also have other local missions uh, that align with our missions ministry for local missions and global missions that life group people are, in, are encouraged to engage in. We also had last groups that meet off campus in and outdoor meeting spaces. Okay, so one group from last turn we had was called Adventure Awaits. And their job was to look at the Bible um, specifically in, in an exploration mindset and find different ways to journey through the Bible or whatever curriculum that they picked, whether it was canoeing, whether it was at the beach, whether it was at an arcade. So they were really breaking the norms, doing something different and seeing how God's word comes alive outside of traditional spaces, which was really, really neat um, as well. A little bit more demographic about us uh, this last term we had a hundred and fifty person increase <clears throat> 
to join groups from last year. I cried like a baby when I saw that because the Lord has been good to us um, in working through us. So 150 person increase from last year. And we also had nine people that gave their lives to Christ as a result of being part of a life group. And so this was the most growth that we've ever seen here at the base. And so I'm really excited to work with you all to see how you can implement similar strategies, uh, not just for statistics, right? It's bigger than statistics, but to be faithful to the spirit and to collaborate with the spirit to do the work of the church, right? Not for, for ministry, but also to save a soul and to salvage a life. Amen. Amen. So this is just a little uh, at a glance for us. I could go on and on about it, but we'll, we'll move a little along. Any questions about uh, any of these number statistics so far? And uh, we'll get to the printout that you have, or maybe this will be a good time to do that. We could. Let's do that now, actually. So where, when you sat down in your chair, I believe everyone should have received a printout. If you didn't, could you throw your hand up at us and let us know? I think, Sister Laura, you need another one. Mr. <laughs> Cram Baby had play day with it. Okay, so this is just a, a model mock-up of our life groups that um, I put together, life group ideas that we have that will be offered for the next term. We're actually doing our training this Saturday. Um, so we'll have two training days, one for rookies, one for veterans. Um, and then we do a thing called the life group fair where we have all the groups on display. It's like a carnival, but it's where people can really uh, meet one-on-one, -on -one, make that commitment, be awarded for that, and to feel a good sense of belonging before they show up for that group. So here's the 14 groups to give you an idea of topical and demographic groups that we offer here for 2024. Um, CG stands for chosen generation. If you're looking at item number one and two, our chosen generation ministry is our children and teens ministry. So we have the need of, they want a life group too. They want places where their friends that maybe they don't come to this church, right? But they want a place where their friends can come to the church outside of worship time to grow, to learn with them. And it's a good way for new students, uh, sometimes especially teenagers, they're a little nervous about going to a new church for the first time if they don't have friends there. This is a good way for them to jump in, make community, and then decide that they want to journey with us a little longer. So we have uh, kind of Sunday school options for K through five, uh, Sunday school option for uh, a life group for teens from grade six to 12. And they do more so kind of like a minute to win it uh, trivia things to grow in their faith um, as well. We have a men's group, which is another demographic group. Iron sharpens iron. Um, you can see the description uh, in the middle and how we set up our meeting days and meeting times. Sister Erica will talk more about the genius of how we put all these schedules together because you got 14 groups and you got to figure out where to put them, right? Uh, next, we have another demographical group. It's the leading ladies group. Um, it's like a women's ministry. Um, 2B1 is our married couples uh, group that, that we have, ministry there. Bible Basics is listed as a topical. So now we're moving to topical. Bible Basics is like your... Um, a good group for folks that want strategies on how to uh, study the Bible in, in a more clear and concise way or for people that just feel like, you know what, I want to go deeper on really personalizing this thing and I feel like I've missed something. So they can have that support whether you're a new believer or you're just someone that wants to go deeper. We have Bookworms Unite, which will be a, a book uh, inspired group that meets around Christian literature, whether it's works written by T.D. Jakes or Priscilla Schreier um, or even his daughter, Sarah Jakes, where they're meeting around the these books um, and seeing how 
these books also meet their circumstance and consider their lives in their Christian walk. We have Captured, which is new. Uh, Captured is a group of creatives. So we have a, a dynamic media ministry team here um, that you probably could see through the worship services um, that, that we had last night and even this morning. And so we had some photographers get together and say, we want a life group to teach how God is a creative and how God edits us and filters us and, and works cinematography in our lives and also teach new skills as well um, as well and so all the topical groups are not there are no specific um, age requirements of course if there is a specific topic that is covered um, that we find to be mature we would probably look at the registrations and make a decision if a person should be 16 or 18 or over um, on the back side you'll see we also have an, a, a sort of an apologetics uh, faith sharing evangelism group called Faith Over Fear. Um, so that's a group that gets together to figure out how do you share the faith in these times and not, you know, uh, harm harm instead of help, right? And so that's the group where people can really wrestle and massage and also to understand why they believe what they believe, right? Um, we have Green Thumbs. That has been a huge hit. We have a gardening group on our campus. We are the first church, I believe, African-American church in this area that we compost on this campus. And so we are, we're committed to environmental sustainability and that has poured over to our um, rental uh, school over in the Arthur T. Jones Center as well. So they're doing wonderful work digging deep quite literally um, we have our grief share group of course grief share is a curriculum that walks through people um, that are currently grieving or have uh, seen you know grief recurring in their in their life currently um, because grief is not horizontal or linear it's not <laughs> grief is grief and you need support to walk through that faithfully we also have a virtual option recap and replay that is a group that that centers on reflecting on Sunday morning service. So pastor preached this dynamic service, worship by Pastor Trent was off the hook, but how do we apply that to our lives? How do I make sense of what I was just singing to make it come alive to be faithful to what God is calling me to do? That group will look at the sermon, look at, look at the worship service and reflect and say, here are three steps we can do to implement this out so we can walk a little bit more stronger in our faith. We are very excited this term coming up. We have a Sage and Savvy tech group. So we have a huge Sage population. Sage stands for seniors aging gracefully every day. So we have a huge Sage population at the church. And we were hearing, or well, I was hearing, and then I told Erica, I was hearing a lot of people blaming their phone. My phone just don't act right. And, <laughs> and the apps won't do this. And we need help. And I said, ha. That's a good life group where they, people can come together and learn how to connect with our maker to update, right? To clean out those bugs or refix or or to change change the patterns that we have of how much time that we're spending, you know, scrolling instead of spending with God, but to also get logistical steps on how not to be scammed, on how to work their phones, on how to work and send emails in this very tech time, right? That's that's really rapid. It's hard for me to keep up even. So it's a good way for us to say, you know, we, we don't want to just uh, dump you over to the IT person. We have a space for you all to do this together. You don't have to be frustrated, right? We're going to do this faithfully and we're going to build community um, together and learn. And then the last one that is also a new one in person, we have a huge veterans population in our church. And a lot of them have expressed um, through conversations here and there 
that they would like a space to talk about PTSD and what their time was like serving and, and how that specifically has affected them or how they can find faith among other veterans here because it is a massive population. And so we're really excited for that one. We're starting in person with that one, but we look forward to um, also having uh, online options because there's lots of naval bases and, and um, uh, uh, military bases around here as well. So these are the 14 groups we are offering here at the base for 2024, um, just to give you a little idea of what we mean by topical and demographic. Any questions about this before we, we head forward? Yes. Which group would you say gave you the largest Yes, so these these are the new groups for 2024. Um, we did not print out the mock-up groups that we had pr prior to, um, but the group that gave us the largest growth number, I will say the nine lives saved were in our basketball halftime group. So we have a basketball halftime group. We have a gym and where men and women can come together and play basketball. And at the halftime mark, they get together and they, they go through a devotional, they pray, they check in with one another. And that's where we had a lot of young adult men that aren't a part of our church give their lives to Christ in that moment of playing basketball, y'all. <laughs> and so they, they, they would contribute to the most as far as evangel. They were our real, real high and heavy um, evangel. Oh, oh my gosh, evangelism. Thank you. Group. Um, as far as our, our biggest increase in group, Erica, you may have to help me out with this because we had how many? We had 11 groups last term. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what was our biggest our biggest one so our um our leading ladies group um so that one is is a bit unique because there are so many um ladies who like to attend that group so that one i would say maybe population wise is probably the largest we have um one um strictly in-person option then they have a hybrid option where it's in person and we have like a facebook portal so people who can't attend can can watch you know from their home and then we had a virtual option so i would say that one is maybe the largest um, as far as the ones that had the most growth, um, maybe we should maybe. say the popular ones from last yeah. year. So popular, I'd say the top three popular ones for last term, our gardening group, we launched it last term and that was a hit. Yeah. So um, coming out, you'd see 12, 15 people show up. A lot of them weren't even members of the church, and we'll get to that, how that looks like doing life groups and, and discipleship. A lot of them weren't even members members of our church. They bring their kids out, and it was a good way for them to learn you know, um, as well and take plants home. So the Green Thumbs group, I would also say the Leading Ladies group, which has three sections. It's so big. Um, and our men's Iron Sharpens Irons group also did very well as well, having new fathers that came and joined the group that needed that support. Um, to journey along as well but I can run those stats to you if you like we're, we're like corporate America behind the scenes so we, we keep we keep it all we keep it all all right I think there was one one well, more question answered my question I was going to ask you if they had to be remembered but, but of course they don't you've already asked it in the conversation but the other question is so your life uh, groups basically change according to need right is that is that yes. How that so through okay. prayer, through the shift of the spirit and the yes. sensitivity to that spirit, okay. I'm normally keeping my ear to the ground to say, okay. God, what group do you want us to keep? What right. group needs to go? What group are you calling forward okay. so we can meet that need? And so that's how that that kind of goes. I'm not really numbers driven. We normally <laughs> have a lot of ideas of populations we can meet. Um, but I do think that the Lord is definitely utilizing our life groups. And there's yeah. a lot of momentum happening um, and growth for us to have the biggest numbers that we've ever had in the last five to six years okay, so and so with that they change 
as far yes. as so it's a year it's a, a calendar year is how, is how you yes so 12 okay. weeks we take that eight week break oh, and then we come back for 12 weeks so fall and spring term just like college okay. Okay. yes okay, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. That's for all the groups, 12 weeks to take a break? Yep. So just let me do the youth, um, the first one, life group, it appears to be a Sunday school type. Yes. So they go for 12 weeks, then they're off. So we're trying this out newly for this term uh -huh. for the first year. So we're going to see what the population looks like if we have a great pool for them early in the morning. They, We get a lot of youth and teens come out in droves on Sunday. We have probably like 75 to 150 every Sunday. Um, but the issue sometimes is, is the earlier call times that may be helpful for people that are working in our dream team active worship um, you know, services where they can take their kids over. But we're trying it out. If it is consistent that we have a good population showing up, we'll probably keep that as stands. Is that okay. similar to the leading ladies? Because I just noticed three of them are meeting all at 8.45 on Sunday morning and usually for some of us anyway. That's our Sunday school time, so yes. it's like every week. Yep, is that so similar? that is similar. They operate on a term schedule, though. Okay. So their group is so big, they have to be split up into three sections. Okay. Okay. Yep. All right. What determines or how do you determine? I heard you saying you're here to the Holy Spirit in grounds. We're going to get there. Hold tight. We're going to get there. <laughs> I promise you, we're going to get there. We've got to make a, a little more trek. And, uh, and I'll explain a little bit more about what life groups specifically are and what they are not. So let's keep the momentum going. So I want us to understand the aim today. Here's what my aim is for us to do is to understand the ancient and effective life group model. People hear life groups and they're like, oh yeah, just small groups. This is an ancient and effective model. And I'll get to that because it's modeled through Jesus and his disciples. Yeah, right. And so this is not some small, oh yeah, you're just a part of a small group. This is this is an effective way to follow Jesus and to integrate Jesus in everything that we do and everything that we experience because we believe there's nothing small or faithless about doing life together, right? right. Uh, next thing I want us to do is to develop an AC system. You probably think I'm crazy. I'm not talking about an HVAC system, but A and C will stand for something. So before we leave today, I want us to think about that for your context um, as well. So understand that this is ancient and effective, and we will develop an AC system together. So let's dive in. What are life groups? So glad you asked. Life groups are a method of discipleship that mirrors the ancient and effective strategy Jesus used with his disciples. Jesus gathered his 12, right? around various life circumstances and interests to share the gospel with them and to transform their lives. Mm -hmm. That's not a small feat, is it? Life groups are groups of people from all walks of life that gather around common interests while desiring to strengthen their walk with Jesus. There are spaces of connection, growth, service opportunities and sharing and we here at the base and hope if you institute this model uh, understand that when we do life together there's nothing small about it so that's why we call them life groups and not small groups all right so what are they not they are not social clubs. They are not social clubs. They are not social clubs. I say that three times because people like to say, oh, you just in a social club. They are not just because get togethers. They are not one dimensional fellowship opportunities. 
and they are not groups that are exclusive to Bible based. Some people join these groups and they think, oh, well, this is this group. I'm not really a part of that church. Okay. But the group belongs to the church, right? And we are all members of the body. Even right. if you're not a member of the church, you can still be a part of the group, but it is affiliated with this church, right? Right. right. All right. So the scriptural basis, if you're taking notes here, just three, I want us to know that I mentioned that Jesus gathered his disciples around real life happenings here. Are three, if you think I'm a liar, <laughs> John 21, they're fishing and he's doing good work talking to them. Mark three and 13, they're literally hiking outside and he's ministering to them. John 1, 14, that's where Jesus talks about living, basically living among them as, as a Holy Spirit. So being living among them as well. So those are three, three examples. There's, there's so many in scripture, but there's are three of various ways that Jesus has um, shown a life group model. And all of this will be on that app, you were Yep. Okay. All of this, my voice is being recorded right now. It'll be on the app, and our media team has all of my slides. So this will be on, on the app for your reference as well. So let's talk AC system, and then I want us to take some time. It's a roundtable, so that means we need to talk to each other about our own context and try to figure out um, what's going on as we stand to succeed having an AC system in place before we leave. So A stands for assessment. Can we say assessment? Assessment. Beautiful. What are we assessing? We will be assessing our context, interests, leaders, capacity, technology, and administrative support. So let's break this down. When we think about our context and if we have life groups already existing or we have life groups that we want to institute in this discipleship model, you got to know where you are, right? What's your church like? What's the history of your church? What? Where's your church specifically positioned? Are you a downtown church? Are you a rural church? Uh, what does your church demographics look like? Are you, you know, pri primarily what we would call sage members? Are you primarily millennials or Gen Z? What what specific interests have they had in the past? Do they 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 prefer more worship services than small groups, or do they prefer um, you know one on one kind of Bible buddies? What what does that look like? So really examine your context and see what's at work here. What's in front of me? What's the DNA of where I'm serving? The next thing is to grow from that. What are their interests? What are some common interests that you see people talk about? This is where the Holy Spirit comes into play. You've got to pray as well, right? But yes. you also have to listen. <laughs> we don't just pray to talk to God. We pray to also have ears to listen and to receive download from God so that if we're not hearing a conversation, we know he's going to bring it to us anyway to be faithful with it and steward it. So what are their interests? Is there someone that wants to bring the rainbow teas back? I don't know. You know, is there someone that 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 likes sewing and crafting? And there's a group of women that are already getting together. Are there men that meet on the golf course anyway? That may be a good life group to structure, right? So get into their interests. You also want to assess your leaders. What leaders do you have at your church that may be serving on evangelism teams? That may be. Uh, really good at at fostering um, accountability groups or that may be already mentoring right that those are those mentoring roles also can translate very well into becoming a life groups leader um, as well so assess what leaders you have and what you don't have right um, and who might be interested in in taking that your capacity how much space do you have in your ministry to do this model right is there enough space as it relates to all the other things that you have going on that your ministry has committed to. Is there a way that you can work life groups into what already exists? 
or is there a way that you need to unearth it and expand right because there there's sometimes we get new ideas and we're like okay we got to do this and that well what if we take some of this and reshape that in a faithful way and still be to be mindful of our capacity and that the lord wants us to rest and delight in him too and not overwork ourselves um technology We've mentioned that we have hybrid options and virtual options. Is that an option for your church? That's something you have to think about. Um, Is is that possible? How would you make that work? Um, Or even in your your spaces on your campus, on and off campus. And then administrative support. I have my administrative support. (laughs) Um, But if you are are mapping this out, you you cannot carry it all on your own. Um, Whether it's pastoring all of these groups, whether it's being the point person for all of these groups, whether it's being the organizer, you will have to have some system in place to be able to make sure that you can meet the need um, spiritually, but you're also meeting the need with effective communication, right? Because we don't want to over-promise and under-deliver. We might will not offer it in the first place we want to do everything i think ecclesiastes 9 and 10 says do everything with your hands uh with all of your might to the lord's for the lord's glory as well so that's very important uh to consider so it is talking time we're going to do some ac work so let's talk about a what are interests what are the interests of your congregation members topical or demographic What do you observe about your community context? What are you working with? And then three, what can you identify as low-hanging fruit or something that's really easy that you can grasp to get started if you were to consider a life group model for your context, okay? So I want you to find one to two or three people, get in a group. We're gonna take 15 minutes, we're gonna talk together and then we're gonna come back and we'll hear from each other. So uh, let's just gather around with two people near you in in groups. If you don't move fast enough, I'll put you in groups, but (laughs) with love, of course. Uh, But you have 15 minutes to get talking uh, through each of the questions. So maybe one person take question one, another, or however you would like to do it. So let's, how am I doing on time? How much time do we have? Okay, we Okay. I wish you would have told me sooner. I would have sped up. We don't have that much time. Left. Okay, so how much time should we have? 35 minutes. Okay, so I'm going to have to skip over the second one. I'll have to finish and skip over the second one. I'll talk about the second one, but I'll skip over that. But yeah, we have a little ways to go. All right, so the first question was what are the answers? Yes, ma'am. Oh, sure. We don't even like the cool stuff. We don't even like the cool stuff. We don't even like the cool stuff. Yeah. Of course. 
Uh, something that came to your mind to answer the question. So for question number one, what are the interests of your congregation members? Uh, do you think they'd be interested in something topical or demographic? One person just share what, what was discussed. I'll, I'll be share. brave. Go ahead. Um, James, uh, I can just share two because they were both great. James is an older generation, a lot of older, uh, more mature, I'm sorry, more mature uh, generation at his church. So he kind of wanted to mix demographic and topical with senior fellowship along with um, discipleship. Okay. Um, which I thought was great. Okay. Um, Pastor Kay was, um, she's interested in early childhood um, and mental health, but she saw some of ministry to the parents to help navigate the school system and uh, things that parents might um, encounter. 
um, mixed with, I think, a little bit mental health mm -hmm. issues. Gotcha. Wonderful. I so think, I, I think the, that was bad. Thank you. Wonderful. I think in the past, we actually did have a parenting life group or a parenting ministry here well before I got here. Um, for the sake of time, guys, we are running out of time, so we're going to move on. No, you're fine. We're going to move on a little quickly, but all of this is good. You're going to get this information. I just want us to be mindful of time. One person to answer question two, what do you observe about with your community context? What are you working with? When I wrote this question, what I was specifically thinking of, not just your church context, but your church is in a community, right? Um, it's not just a church folk. A lot of people drive to the church and don't live in the community. What is in your community as you think contextually about your church? Your church does not own your community. Your church is a part of a community, right? So so, so, so that's the framing of that question. Um, someone, anyone who, yes. You know, our, our community, St. Petersburg, specifically where Mount Zion Progressive Missionary Baptist Church is the, the, the complex is in a low poverty area of St. Petersburg. And we recognize that there are personal needs right, right. that people are dealing with that they haven't necessarily either reached that point yeah. of knowing that there is a God mm -hmm. who can answer your calls. Mm -hmm. So it's a combination. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, for question three, someone share uh, from your discussion, what can you identify as low-hanging fruit opportunity to get started? What was something discussed? The easiest thing we did when we started was, was try to get the largest groups together, which is essentially the men and the women. Demographic, yeah. Yeah, so demographic is usually a lot easier to, to put together before topical. And it's usually in the midst of the demographics getting together that you start to mm -hmm. specialize and weed out the info for the topical ones. Wonderful. Thank you so much. What's your name again? Alex. Can we all turn our name tags forward? <laughs> I think all of ours are back. Thank you so much. Okay. So we've talked about A. Let's talk about C. C stands for collaboration. So A was assessment. C is for collaboration. All right. And these are things that I want you to take even extending from this space as you're discerning how to implement um, a life group discipleship model. So first things first. Collaboration with your pastor and your church vision. Okay, some people think, oh, well, it's just a small group. Like, this is just a gathering of like us fellowshipping. We don't need to consult the pastor about that, or we don't need to consult our vision and our mission statement. Absolutely wrong, right? We need to be faithful to God, but we also need to be faithful if you're a member of that church to understand what your yes was to, right? And to make sure that you are cultivating groups that align with your church DNA, their ethics, their vision, their value, and their in uh, here we, we strive to have a local imprint and a global impact, right? And so that means not all of our life groups need to just be in person. We need to also have virtual options. So consider that you cannot just roll this out. I wouldn't advise it. Roll this out without collaborating with your pastor and also making sure that you are in alignment and not with in, in disunity or, you know, sowing seeds of discord by creating groups for your church. OK, uh, next thing uh, you need to collaborate with your leaders, your staff. If you do have church full time staff, congregants and youth. I mentioned youth because sometimes we think about groups and we forget the babies. Yeah. We forget the babies. We, we relegate children in churches as like, oh, we'll find a space for you. The kids are the church. Right. right. <laughs> they, they are literally seeds walking on two feet of, of discipleship, right? And so we need to treat them with the same severity and seriousness that God sees them. So, so consider that um, as well. Also, off-site meeting spaces. 
there may be some collaboration opportunities there, right? Local coffee shops, Black-owned businesses. I'm trying to think of uh, another one. You, you just, you never know. Um, the churches or, or other uh, community, you know, uh, spaces as well. And then most importantly, you got to collaborate with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you can't come up with no idea. You can't come up with no idea and try to just wing it. It will be a circus that no one will buy a ticket to. Okay? It will be chaos. It will it will uh, breed division and discord. And it will create the same thing that we just said life groups were not. They are not social clubs. They are not cliques. They are groups that center the life of Jesus and his teaching uh, of people that want to live their lives for Christ in a common way that is practical. Right? And to gain those more for the body of Christ. So... That's what I mean by collaboration. I had questions for you to consider for collaboration, but our collaboration together for this presentation, our time is going by really fast. So if you want to take a picture of these to journal and to think as you're implementing this in your own context, let's do that. Um, after you get the picture, we're going to shift a little bit to an administrative perspective. Um, and then we'll come back a little bit more for greater pictures for life groups. If you have to leave um, at any time, I know we generally have a 2.15, I think, ending time. We may go over that. Feel free to excuse, excuse yourself. All of this will be on the app and online, however. So once you have everyone took a picture of these questions, the first is what is your number one collaboration opportunity, not just in the church, but out of the church? Mm -hmm. What challenges do you have to consider and what risk have you taken? A lot of times we don't want to like we don't want to ask that question because we realize we haven't taken any risks. <laughs> We've done the same thing. If it isn't broke, don't fix it. And we're not seeing results. So then we're blaming other things. But we, we have ourselves to blame for not being allowed to uh, uh, take a risk and be be multiple and flexible to the Holy Spirit calling us to do something new. Right. A new thing. And that takes bravery as well. Bravery and obedience. Amen. Amen. All right. So Erica's going to come and she's going to talk about five fundamentals for life group administration from an administrative point, because as you can imagine, 14 groups with well over almost 200 people, that is a lot to manage. And so she's going to give you uh, tips and tricks, whether you have five groups, one groups, all of this should be good um, as you think logistically of how to put it together. So come on up, Erica, or I can work your slides if you want to stand and go okay. Okay, so, uh, of course, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I handle a lot of the administrative tasks for life groups. Of course, you know, Pastor Sydney and I work together with, you know, trying to get everything established for the groups. So, obviously, they don't just, you know, come together. There is a lot of work that goes into knowing which groups to offer and, you know, getting everything together. So, a few um, fundamentals from the administrative perspective. Number one, create and enforce your process. So, you know, how do you want to start to cultivate the groups? Um, what do you want the process to look like as far as how you interact with the leaders of those groups? Um, do you want administrators to be in those groups as well? So um, just a um, little bit about the process for that. We have applications. Was he? We have applications if we're going to do that. Oh, yeah. Um, so, for, so also what we do is um, we have an application process. Um, we use a, a software called Formsite where we um, keep a lot of our information electronically. So we'll send that out to you know the leaders 
and then they'll get that information back to us. Um, just, you know, different questions, um, just gathering information from them so that we know, you know, which groups they're going to lead, you know, what times and days are convenient for them. And then we'll gather all of that information. And then that's how we, you know, make our schedule and, you know, communicate that information to them. Um, providing hands-on technical training. Um, so, of course, we use, um, aside from, we were, we're trying to get away from doing, you know, things mostly on paper. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we want to get more to, you know, using a lot of the software. Um, you know, we have social media where we're trying to get information out. So, um, definitely providing technical training for, for those things. We, we can't assume that everyone is you know, very tech savvy. So we want to give, you know, that information as well. Um, the third one, keeping track of your data. Um, so attendance, you know, budget, those types of things, you know, we certainly want you to keep track of that. Um, of course, having a branding policy or process. So for us, you know, a lot of churches, you know, your church is a brand, you know, you have a logo, you have specific colors you use. So I'm wanting our groups to make sure that they're staying in line with, you know, whatever the, the branding process is, you know, even down to, you know, how to share things on social media, you know, maybe taking pictures. Um, so, so those types of things. And then, of course, embrace and welcome feedback. Um, you know, we don't have all the answers all the time. And, you know, sometimes we can get so busy in how we're used to planning things that, you know, we may not consider things from another perspective. So, of course, just being open to to receiving feedback. And I'll go into more details into each of these in the next slides. So for create and enforce your process, um, of course, every process doesn't work for every church. So knowing what your um, church's environment is, you know, culture, of course, as Pastor Sidney mentioned earlier, um, the mission and vision of your church, um, and of course, collaborating with the lead pastor of your church, that is what can help you kind of cultivate what the process is going to look like. So um, just to give maybe a, a quick rundown kind of of what we do, you know, of course, we have... Um, so first, we send out information to the congregation to see who wants to be a leader for our groups. Mm -hmm. We get that information back um, based on, you know, of course, when they can lead, how they can lead. We come up with the schedule. Um, we also have um, a training for what well, we call them facilitators. So mm -hmm. whether you're, I guess, you know, teaching, if you're an administrator, um, so the general term is, you know, leaders, but if you're specifically teaching, we refer to them as facilitators. So even this Saturday, um, right after the conference, we'll be having a training for those people who are leading our life groups. Um, that'll be in person here. Next week, we'll have another training that's virtual. So we're kind of, you know, hitting both ends of, you know, what we expect for the groups to look like. We're kind of modeling that in how we train them. Um, ensure your leaders understand the process. Um, so also giving them a training manual. So within the, um, the training that we'll provide for them, we also have a manual to give them something that they can refer back to, something physical. We also send it electronically. 
and it just includes all of the information about our groups, what the processes are, you know, what we've discussed. And so they'll have that to constantly refer back to, you know, not to say that they can't reach out with any questions that they have. Of course, we're always here to answer questions, but we do give them, you know, something physical that they can always um, refer to. And then enforce your process to ensure consistency among the life groups leaders, um, but be willing to change if something doesn't work. So, of course, that's also with the last part of, you know, being open to receiving feedback. So um, one of the ways that we do that, of course, is, you know, sending a survey, you know, at the end of each term, we'll send them a survey. How did everything go? You know, what are some things we can do better? You know, how can we as a staff support you? So, you know, we ask some of those questions so that uh, we can get as much feedback as we can. And then anything that we can change, then we look to change that so that for the next time around, then we let them know that, hey, we heard what you said. And so we're going to implement, you know, a change for the process. Of course, providing um, hands on technical training. So. As I mentioned earlier, any type of software, social media, um, electronic forms, um, in addition to our application, we also have a form for them if they want to request you know, supplies or anything for their rooms, you know, whatever type of setup they want to have. If they need, you know, pens, you know, writing pads, you know, things of that nature um, for groups that meet off campus. Um, or even for, for the ones that meet on campus, we have like an incident report form. So someone gets injured, you know, anything can happen with, you know, different groups and someone may trip and fall. So we have a form for that. So any forms that we use, um, we have that and we take them physically through the process of where to find the forms, you know, and how to fill out the information. And, and another thing that we do, um, I don't know if you all are familiar with um, planning center or church center, but that's what we use as well. So we, planning center has multiple modules. So we use the groups module to keep track of everything. And also that's where we keep a lot of our resources. So all of the forms that, that we trained them on, we can keep those in the resources um, in planning center. What was the second what was the other one? Oh, uh, church center. So, so they're kind of um, one of the same. Planning center is like the administrative side. So if new, normally if you're like a staff person, you'll have access to planning center. That's where you kind of, you know, create the groups electronically. That's where, you know, you can keep track of attendance, um, get any specific, you know, metrics about your groups. And then church center, that's the congregation side um, of that software. So they kind of like tie together. And that's where they register on church. Yes, um, that's also where they um, register as well for the groups is using um, church center. And and the way that they do it is they you can download an app or they have the website where they can go to 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 register. And do you use that to pull the information on them? How does that work? Yes. Okay. So yeah, so um, they do have a section where you know, as we're taking attendance and as more information is coming within the groups, they have um, like a data tab that we can go to. And it gives, um, I think the, the attrition rate, um, the, uh, the gender of, you know, the leaders, how many leaders we have, how many group members um, there are. So it gives, you know, a few metrics for, for the different groups. 
And of course, you know, as I mentioned earlier, not knowing knowing that everyone is not tech savvy. So just kind of having patience mm -hmm. as you're, you know, providing that technical training um, to those leaders. <coughs> Next, keeping track of the data. So, of course, the attendance. Um, and again, it depends on your church and how you all collect information. Some churches, you know, may be more, um, you know, tech savvy and maybe wanting things to be electronic. Some churches, you know, may not be there yet. You may still use, you know, pen and paper to keep track of your data, but however you keep track of your data, um, especially attendance, you know, depending on, you know, what you're going to do with that information, it can help you see, like, are your groups growing? You know, are they decreasing in size? So keeping track of that data can really help you kind of stay, you know, looking forward and knowing how to plan you know, for the next, you know, terms, um, depending on your structure. And also keeping track of the budget. So that's another part of the data. So depending on what your budget is, what you want to, to spend for the groups, making sure that you're not going over that budget. So really just kind of, you know, keeping track of the spending for your different groups. And um, more details about having a branding policy or process. Um, of course, you know, marketing and advertising, you just want to make sure that you're consistent as you're sharing information, you know, putting things out there to the congregation. Um, if, you, if you don't require your um, life groups members to be members of the church, you know, if, you're, if it's open to the community, then of course, whatever you're sharing, you want to make sure that it's in line with with what the church, um, with the branding and, and marketing of the church. And of course, it also help, you know, if a leader wants to have a you know specific look for their group. So even with our groups, you know, of course our church has its own logo, but all of our groups have their own logo as well. And so we did have one group that wanted to have, um, you know, like merchandise. I think our um, ladies group, our leading ladies group wanted to have, you know, like shirts and, you know, hats and things for their group. But of course, you know, we want to make sure that they're following the correct process to get those things. And that also goes into the budget. You know, do we have the money to to purchase those things specific for their group? Lastly, you know, embrace and welcome feedback. The only thing that's constant is change. So, you know, we have to be willing to kind of move and change with you know, maybe what the suggestions are, you know, what people like. That's not to say that, you know, whatever process you have, that you just constantly have to always just completely change everything. You'll know from your perspective, you know, what you feel like is a good change and what you feel like isn't because people on the outside, you know, of course, we have to see things from their point of view. They may not always, you know, get the opportunity to see things from our point of view. So just be sure to use discretion when you're making changes. And if there's something that can't change, be willing to be open and honest about, well, you know, thank you for the feedback, but we're going to move in this direction and, and this is why. So definitely be open to giving the why behind why something will change or why something won't change. Um, and of course, the best way to at least gather that from your, not just your, the leaders of the groups, but also the participants is to, to send them a survey and just kind of, you know, know what questions you want to ask, know what information you want to get from them 
and then they'll you'll, once you get that information back, you know which direction you want to move in. And of course, you know, don't take it personally. Everybody's not going to like everything that you do as a church. Everyone's not going to understand, you know, the vision of, you know, the pastor or, you know, the way that the church is moving. So it's not just one person, you know, making the decisions. And sometimes they may not understand that. So and, and give yourself some grace. You know, it, it's a process. It's a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> give, please, you know, give yourself some grace, be patient with yourself just as you know you're patient with others and just as you would want others to be patient with you. Amen. Um, any questions about any of the administrative processes that I've gone through? Yes? Are your life groups financed by the church? Okay. Some grant that the church has or because you speak, you spoke a lot about software and yes, ma'am. keeping attendance and so forth. I'm just wondering if there's an outside source that's assisting you to have the technology, to have the software, etc. Et so we we don't have an outside source. So the church does um, finance. Yeah. So a lot of the so, so even like with planning center. We don't only use it for our groups. So Planning Center is a type of software that has multiple modules. So um, you can keep track of your giving. You can keep track of your membership, groups, um, services, registrations. So we use all of that. And so we pay for the subscription for that. Yeah. So and yeah, any anything that um that the groups need we have a specific budget for our life groups so but the church does finance them thank you was there a question over that's it, that's it. Yeah. i got it okay okay anything else for before no? okay all right one thing i will add um thank you i will add to the application process there was a question specifically of how do you listen to the holy spirit in all of this so we open up an application process on that application like erica mentioned we ask people to share their past experiences of leading groups their past experiences of um, a spiritual formation if they are a member here have they been a part of a previous group so there are some things that we have set in place to to gauge their spiritual maturity and um, how how often they've had uh, an opportunity to lead here or other churches and then we pray on that we don't just take applications and assign so we take applications and then we take that into consideration and I'm praying over Lord where do we need to place people if there is a gap and we can't make that happen and it's going to you know lead to poor stewardship we make the decision not to have the group so that's where the holy spirit inner working comes to play in that collaboration um effort as well of course um and also as it pertains to to gaining new groups and things like that but three takeaways i want you all to have of as it pertains to life groups so life groups need to be spaces. We mentioned that this is an ancient um, and an effective model, but overall, these are three things that need to take place in your life groups. Whatever strategy you like to call it, whatever you'd like to call it. Doesn't even have to be a life group. Whatever cool thing you'd like to call it, if it is an, a life group in ethic um, and in practice, number one, you want to pursue growth. To pursue growth, not just in number, but in might and in mindset. <laughs> And, and also specifically spiritually, right? And so all of our life groups I didn't mention before, it should be implied, 
all of our life groups are not only topical and demographic, but they have a kingdom first yes. perspective. Absolutely. So every life group focuses on biblical practices, biblical truths. They may be meeting at the park, but they're talking about things of the Bible. They may be meeting, um, uh, let's see, even on our campus, but before we even open, we're sharing prayer requests and we're approaching the scripture. So there may be time for reflection, but there's also going to be time for us to evaluate and to dig deep on how to, to, to grow. So I want to make, make that that clear. All of our groups um, indeed have an intention and a purpose and a focus and that is to not only journey with Christ but to journey to the word to be informed better uh, so that we may journey together so growth uh, number two connection connection here at our church as a pastor of discipleship we have what we call a discipleship pathway that we have in place and what we say is that is to connect to grow to serve together and then to share almost like each one reach one teach one but we recognize that that happens in stages so that our growth doesn't become stagnant right and so we want primarily whether they they choose to become a member of our church or not we not only want to connect with them we want them to be connected to god right that's the bigger goal uh, you know of course sometimes you know i know the pew reports as it relates to congregations the pews of, of black churches or churches worldwide are kind of getting emptier and emptier as we're we're entering to this you know more more secular society however where the pews may draw short we want to make sure that we're we're still creating options for opportunities for connection and we're doing so faithfully because where there's a connection there in relationship with one another and relationship with Christ we can that growth can continue to foster and most importantly change can happen not just in the context of your church but in every other relationship that they have as well they're able to carry that change and that growth in and show up and the last thing is i think i kind of hinted to it spiritual transformation spiritual transformation this has been a great way here at the base through our life groups to see people grow not only join life groups as a member but then we see this term y'all i think we had 11 new leaders this term brand new that have never led before that that either came to us with an idea of i feel the lord is calling me to use my gifts to meet faithfully around flash photography Mm -hmm. or i feel the lord is calling me to come off the sidelines and to lead a group how can i do that Mm -hmm. so we had 11 newly 14 new groups 11 new leaders that have never led for the first time and so They were members of the group before they were cultivated to grow, to connect, to now feel empowered and instructed to lead a group. And we meet them well, like uh, Erica said at our trainings. Our trainings are not only logistics, but our trainings teach them how to discern, um, how to show up for that group, how to consider things of old and how to flip things new. And we don't leave them hanging. So they have their first meeting with me. I am um, kind of lowercase pastor. So of course we have pastor of the church, but anything life groups, I am their pastor. I'm meeting one-on-one with those leaders to say, what, what way do you feel the spirit is leading you curriculum wise? How can I pray for you? How can we put things into perspective and into position before they even take off? And then we we also have great ways to encourage that spiritual transformation and for people to get on board. We do life group celebrations. So at the end of every term, we come together. I come out with we come out with data and we show them these are the ways that we've grown leaps and bounds. These are the ways that we have um, made impact for the cause of Christ for this church as well. And 
we just get together and celebrate what the Lord has done per term. So growth, connection, spiritual transformation, that is the aim. And we do it all, uh, not for vainglory, but for the cause and the glory of one. And that is Jesus Christ. So I hope this was informative. I want to open the floor for questions. I know we're just about at time. We're actually three minutes over time. Um, so if there are any questions for folks, here's a good time to, to ask. Any questions? Yes. The app? Yes. The app for the conference in your booklet, there should be a QR code. You scan that and it will be there. Yes, ma'am. I know everything is done for discernment and prayer. Have you ever had any resistance? What do you do when you decide to retire a group? How does that decision come about that it's not? Yeah, that's a great question. We actually retired a few groups. Um, how, how that decision comes about, we consider practical things and then we consider spiritual things side by side. And we, we pray and we ask. So one thing that comes into play that I, I believe Erica and I do, we do attendance evaluation. So if we notice that it's 10 or less uh, on the roster and maybe you know an influx of availability or interest, um, that goes into the discernment process. We also talk to those leaders that led that group to see if they'd be interested in doing it differently. If they're also feeling like their season is expired or they're no longer interested in doing that, then we may, we don't ever get rid of a group, we archive it. So we are, that's, we like that better. So we archive it because if the Lord gifted, gifted us something but didn't tell us to kill it, we're not going to kill it. We will archive it because it may run back for the next season. So we archive that. And that's, that's the process how we do that. Yeah. Well, thank you all. If there, are no, if there are no other questions, thank you for your time. And I pray that these seeds are sown. God bless.